Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Podcarts Life is Like a Box of Records podcast. My name is Helena Rafai. Occasionally, we bring in special guests to talk about the records that have soundtracked their lives so far. For rights reasons, music may be shorter than the original song. This week's guest is Edwin Organ. Hello, Edwin. Hello. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? Yeah, not bad. It's, um, it's the clocks have gone back. It's oh yeah, shit. yeah. Was that that was yesterday, right? Yeah, because yeah. uh, I felt like it went on forever. Yeah, for like genuinely, I was, it got to eleven, and I was like, oh, I've got so much work done, and and then I looked at the clock, thinking it to be three, but no, it was fucking eleven. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's bizarre. I've been up since half five, and I feel great. Oh wow! So that's quite I, good. Yeah, so that's like Mark Wahlberg's like four a.m. start. You heard oh about that? Oh my god, yeah. he's a weirdo, isn't he? <laughs> um, you are. You've been a a, a machine this year oh, in terms of releasing tracks and EPs yeah um how how's it all been I mean how have you felt about it all and the pace and the kind of the pressure of it I've been all right like I, I put a lot of the pressure on myself because I kind of do the whole I do everything um I just quite like I quite like I like doing a lot of it I don't like doing all of it but, but I like it um so Really, it's it's it was my idea to be like, yeah, we'll put three EPs out and we'll use all these songs and it can all get going and I'll be I'll be hot off the press. But yeah, it's 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 a classic eighty twenty conundrum. Like twenty percent he puts eighty percent of the work in, and then the last eighty percent is really that. Oh, but it can, it can boil down to not being a lot of fun. But but no, it is fun. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of talk about um, your releases and and obviously you, the, how you got into music throughout this but uh, as some listeners may know the the way that we do the podcast is it's like life is a box of records uh, life is like a box of records rather and um, you pick songs that have soundtracked your life so far yeah because it could all change um so you have let's begin with outcast yeah and uh, you've got a really good mix in this um, I'm it's really hard to choose the tunes. Like yeah. the first couple were easy, but then you get to the last ones, and they're all albums for me. So it was, yeah, it's difficult to pick. Yeah, um, but no, it's a really good mix. Uh, so Outcast, how how did you first come across this song? Well, what position did it have in your life? I think I was like ten when this song first came out, and I heard it on fourth one in the car. And I had to try and write, I think I tried to write down as many lyrics as possible because they didn't tell you the name. Like I, I, I clipped the beginning where they're like, oh, we're going to play this. And then they ran like two songs back to back like radio does and you miss what it is. And this was before the times of Shazam. Like, oh man, I take that app for granted. It's like, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I gave it to my dad and he found out what it was and I got it. I think I got the clean version rather than the, the yeah, because I think I was only 10. So he probably realised there's some inappropriate words for for a 10 year old to, to have on that <laughs> 
Two dope boys in the Cadillac steel. Cast with a crown on your Cadillac feel. I make your wheels of steel stand like your DJ got killed. A fire marsh, fire marshal. Shut it down. Time to go. Out cash for your T by design of logo. Wanna count it out loud? 93, 94, 95, 96. Plus a dime to that five. Hot like the perm on the back of your neck. Lift it in too long. Now you got cabbage patch. Silky. In the corners like a crowbar, oh so unique. Got the pedal to the floor, but the photo just creep. Yeah. creep. Exotic, melodic, melody, Jeff, we got it, funky mother, funk of it, and everybody want it. <gasps> you make it, make it with a dog on it. <gasps> you make it, make it with a dog on it. But but hey yeah was the album before, which yeah. I didn't I didn't realise like uh speaker box on Love Below, I think I'm saying that right, yeah. Um and I I only came back to that album like a few years ago. Like I so I, I didn't realise that the influence that they had already well the, the influence that they were having and the prestige that they had already gained out of Atlanta. So I was a little ten year old boy hearing this tune, I was like, Yeah, marching band, woo. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 25. Yeah, so mm. you're a child. And uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but yeah, so that is, that's, yeah, they've, that's quite a lot. Mm. Um, but so have you found, obviously, being, um, you're 25 now, but I mean, the artists that you've picked and so on, um, is there anyone else that you've not picked that you have come into later and you've just discovered this kind of plethora of music that has just been become amazing for you? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I, I didn't put any Jay Paul in there. Jay Paul was pretty. I was, I've, I, like, when he put out, when, well, when his album got leaked, which I only read on the big Reddit thread, which you can read about how someone essentially leaked it. Like, there's conspiracy theories that he did it, but no, it wasn't. It was someone else. Um, and so that was a big one. But there's, yeah, there's been, there's like Arctic Monkeys' first album. Loved them. That, that was a big one for me. Um, but now you think, you think back on those times with kind of rose tinted goggles. I don't know. I yeah. was always too young to even get into that, but it was definitely my brother that was putting a lot of me onto a lot of that stuff. Foles as well. Foles' first album was good. Like all that mathy stuff, and then later on, and when I was like seventeen, got a bunch of friends which were super into like math rock, like real math rock. Sorry, Foles, that first album isn't math rock, but it's close, you know, it's close, <laughs> as close as you can get to be yeah. on Warner. You know? And and that's quite kind of, um, I guess, uh, uh, for people that listen to your music, I, I I often talk about stereotypes, and you kind of try and work out people's inspirations through mm. their music. Um, what I mean, your sound is is really quite unique in ways, and um, you've got a real pristine production behind you as well. And I mean, I guess people like James Blake, who we'll talk yeah. about later, I can I can kind of see that in a in a certain respect. But what, who, and what has really kind of shaped your music? Do you think? And um, definitely, but like production, very he- I'm very heavy on production. Um, I was always 
into music that was heavily like melody led, um, especially when we're coming up to things like justice. Like, there's not really any discernible lyrics and any of that stuff, but that like really st- struck a chord with me. And now coming back to like writing music that's quite lyrically dense, it takes me. I like to consider that like quite a lot when you when you come into it because that's people take a lot of 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 information from lyrical content but for me when I was young and listening nah it was all about mad textures and sounds and stuff like really I I, I remember for a good period of time I really wanted everything to sound like it was um like your head was being wrapped in cotton wool like if you t- you could hear everything outside of it like that muffling I, I, I don't know why I was obsessed with that for ages I think that was especially come down to like artists like like Mount Kimby. I didn't put any Mount Kimby on this, but I, I fucking love Mount they Kimby. Are They're phenomenal. great. Yeah, they were great. Um, it's too it's too hard to choose tracks for like six tracks, isn't it? You know, it's not a lot yeah. when you think about it. But I was into them before I was into really James Blake because I think their first album was a lot more accessible than James Blake's first album. But I kind of just powered through to that, to that extent. But yeah, it was textures. Big big into textures and trying to like make something that is pleasing on headphones as well as like on a stereo yeah which i tried to do and i hope it works <laughs> um yeah no i mean well obviously let's let's kind of move on to justice and and let there be light i mean what made you pick this song as opposed to anything else that that's been put out um so really the, i think their first album was the best one and shout out the music supervisor on like la liga channel five like like you know like that was where i'd heard phantom two what is that uh, it was a football advert so la liga is like the italian uh premier league i think like uh again another thing that my brother found and gave to me because we were both just like what is that song we need to find out what that song is Yeah, then like hearing Cross blew my mind because I was always looking for electronic stuff when I was a kid. But the early 2000s were not really, it wasn't easy to, to ask your parents for, oh, I want to find electronic music. And then, you know, that was, the internet wasn't really a thing back then. Like you couldn't go and try and find out new music. So I ended up like painstakingly going through loads of like 
like I'm talking like early techno with a K like stuff and being like, nah, this isn't really not like, you know, not like Detroit kind of techno. I'm talking like Amsterdam techno from like 2001. Like it's kind of like, you know, yeah. you wouldn't play that in a club now. You wouldn't get that in Burkheim. So it's kind of like I trying to wade through that to get to the good stuff was always hard. And then Cross came out and I was like, this is exactly what I want. And I got obsessed with trying to replicate it, even though I got nowhere close, nowhere close. Did it, uh, did Justice, uh, or Justice, uh, did they send you down a bit of a rabbit hole? Did you kind of start discovering? Yeah, I got, I got into the whole, um, like, actual electro house kind of thing and um, digitalism and everything that was on, like, uh, Kitsune, like, all that kind of stuff, because that was, that was big, that was a big thing, which I was just far too young to really understand or get into, but... Yeah, and then then you has bands like Crystal Castles, and like that was like I don't when you think about the other bands that are around at then, there was nothing really like their output at that time. Um, but then there was Hot Chip, you know, you got stuff like Hot Chip, which really was great. You have decided to release three EPs this year. Yeah. Um, why? <laughs> great question. Uh, I, well, I, I was, for a lot of these tunes, there were. They definitely fit into a, a a rabbit hole that I was going down, you know. Um, I was definitely looking to a lot of... I was trying to find about things how I could use more acoustic instruments and, like, re- real instruments rather than instruments within a laptop in a setting that I was comfortable with. Um, I don't really regard myself as much of a player, even though I know some of my friends but like, oh, no, well, you can play that. I was like... I literally know like three songs on each instrument and like that's it you know like whenever I record I'll just play the same I'll play what I need to record and over and over until I get it and then I'm like right that's that done if I need to go back and learn it for whatever reason even though I never do because I sing all my songs then (laughs) I'm kind of like yeah I don't I don't have to bother but yeah it was definitely a, a rabbit hole I was going down that I was open to exploring off the back of like um like Tame Impala second record unknown model orchestra like all those sorts of things where again like especially the unknown model orchestra's first record was wrap your head in cotton wool kind of thing like how did i was obsessed with tape but i never really wanted to do tape because it's so like finite like you need to print everything to it and i was always i was always want i was always i always wanted to have the ability to go back and tweak whatever i was doing however that didn't make any sense like it was a lot more free and when I came back to these songs to finish them off to get them ready to put out like from like last year into this year that um I kind of just started just printing everything to, to what it should be because I really should have went down that exploratory role of, of of physical tape rather than trying to emulate it in the box which ended up all sorts of computer problems but you know I like to think I almost got there. I got a vibe I was going for, you know. Yeah. But it's, as with everything, it's very production-led. So that was where it went, trying to find melodies which stuck out to me. But just trying to explore something different than my earlier releases because a lot of them were a lot more either sample-based or uh, synth-based. So, so I wanted to try and merge that with real instruments. Mm-hmm. Done. 
strong theme um throughout uh, masculinity and toxic masculinity and um you your quotes have been really funny as well <laughs> when you're describing uh what the uh the music is regarding so just yeah so for the listeners yeah um what was the story behind the theme so a lot, a lot of it was down. Essentially, the, the the lyrical content. I found myself writing about things that I like. I, I guess I'd only really come to to, to realize that I, I used the lyrical process rather than this like songwriting and lyrical process are two different things for me. So and then you you meld them into this one thing, and the song becomes something else. You know, you got to work with the two parts, but the lyrical content was down to things that I found absurd like trying to process things in the real world and a lot of the time I found myself online or other men that you'd chat to in either work settings or social settings or things you'd overhear things you'd see in the news they're all just trying to like question what it meant to be a man and giving their 
um, definitive re- like idea of what a man is. It's like, I know a man is this, a man is a provider, a man is like blah, blah, blah. I just found myself being like, I don't identify with like anything that you are talking about. Like, realistically, I'm a straight white man, but I don't feel like you over there, angry, red-faced, straight white man, just like trying to proclaim whatever. I just don't, I, don't, I felt no kinship with, with that. And um, as long as you're not being a dick, like, I feel like, whatever you're doing as a man is a man you know if you identify as a man then you are a man like that's fine like it doesn't bother me like i feel like just like on all sides on of the spectrum on everything like it's as long as you're not being mean to people like that was a real turning point for me it's just like just stop being angry all the time and stop getting angry at things just like take take a step back and be like nicer like everything can go so much smoother if we're just nice to each other and just try and understand things like it's really nice for me when uh people select certain artists to play that uh have filtered through my adulthood uh <laughs> so owen palette final fantasy yeah and um yeah it was hard to pick a pick a record like pick a tune off that record um because he has a good home is, is the one and oh man yeah there's 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 a couple of tunes on that when i think it was like 14 when i was like listening to that and uh i hadn't really listened to anything else like it like i think i'd, I'd seen a video on youtube like it's no cars go cover that he does like just like filmed at the back of some room in like toronto or something like that and it was great it's just him and his violin looping i'd heard nothing like that you, you hear the old guitar person looping but nothing when it's like a kind of different organic instrument like that song it was i was just like yeah i listened to the whole album that day twice so i, was, I didn't really know what i wanted to do but that 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 album has so many good production techniques on it like it's very intimate but also very expansive in, in terms of like how he records things and um, i can't remember how i found that album but there's definitely a track on there um which was in a Vodafone advert, I remember, because I was listening to it, and I remember seeing it on TV. Yeah, again, like, like the production techniques were great on that. Like, um, it's it's just a, a very... Like, his, his delivery of his vocal, um, harmonising with himself rather than other people, which a lot of records before, I'd only really heard people just doing it with, with others, where that if they were a man, it would be with a woman, or, you know, vice versa, like that kind of yeah. thing. But, yeah, there's there's so many great things about... Um, that album in, in in specific that was felt like a, like it had a very good flow to it. Obviously, um, you're saying there about you know it's very much about him and and how he works with himself and so on and and I guess you are are quite similar um, that you've you've kind of got to a point that you're you're quite set on how you work and your production and, and yeah. so on. Um, are you are you constantly kind of trying to evolve yourself or do you feel that you're quite comfortable the way that you are just now? 
Um, I'm I'm pr- I'm always writing, like always writing. I think this past week is the the, the like the most time that I've taken off from writing. Um, I think I had like five or six days where I didn't just sit down and try to make something. Um, it's because that that it's, it's real enjoyment for me is making things. Like I don't really get that same enjoyment out of anything else. Um, so that like, and I've I've I've, I've never. I've never went into a studio to write an album or anything like that. I've never went into a studio to do anything. It's just it's just me. I just do it with the, the, the you know the facilities that I have at home, um, and I guess that I, I worry about a, a coherency between things. But I, I've been told by different friends and, and such that it's something that everyone goes through. They make things and they're always worried about it not sounding like, you know, similar or any sort of coherent lineage to things I've done before. Um, so it's it's definitely something I think about, like that, that progress of evolution. But I think that happens on like an album to album basis, you know, like staying up to date with yourself as well as like times, like the best albums are the albums you could listen to in 20 years time. And it feels like, like a good solid, you know, Whereas you don't want to date, you don't want to do something that like everyone else ends up copying, unless you're the original OG creator and like you know you probably got some place in the cultural kind of uh, lineage of, of everything going on. I can't remember the actual term. What's that cultural canon? That's a, that's yeah, a correct right, phrase. Okay. Yeah, in the in the cultural canon, which which plenty of of people have, you know. But yeah, we are uh, so Bibio. Yeah. Um. I don't know this person. You don't know Bibio. No. You'll, you'll know his songs. You'll definitely right. know some of them. He's on Warp. He's like every year he puts out an album. He never plays live that I know of. Is that the dream? Uh, no, I, I like playing live. It's like right. a good cathartic thing. But I think like to do, to do like a really good live show, you got like you got to sink a good bit of money into it. And yeah, you know, I ain't got that good bit of money to spend on that just yet. <laughs> but. Uh, but they're, they're like, yeah, so he, he never plays live, and so all the stuff that I can find out about him and his playing is um, on YouTube. But he's a great guitar player. Um, I presume he plays everything, um, probably even like the the sax as well. That's on the odd bits and the odd flutes and stuff. But but no, he's he's, he's really really good. So, so Jealous of the Roses, that track is. I think of it as being in two parts. Again, it's that tape thing. Like, he always bounces stuff to tape, I'm pretty sure, and finds, like, eroded tapes, like, tapes that no studio would use to, like, try and go over stuff. Um, but the song is, like, in two halves that there's, like, a part A, and then part B is just, like, the same thing as part A, but with a slamming bass line underneath. And, like, if I could get every bass tone on, a, on like, a bass guitar to sound like that, I'd be pretty happy. Sit down and ask him like how he got that because it's ah, oh, 
it's like hollow, but it's, it's probably a hollow body base. I'm throwing it out there. People probably don't care about this, but you know, it's probably a hollow body base, but I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out for the life of me. But that's, yeah, there's something about those kind of like pr- production techniques, which are just like, that's what really grabs me by the shoulders and shakes me. You do know? you, um, do you actively kind of sit down and, because you, you spoke about production quite a lot through the tracks and that seems to be a big inspiration do you sit down and kind of study and, and for a while and try yeah, and figure things out? Like if, if a song grabs me, that will probably be to do with the production as well as like other parts. Like there's, there's lots of great songs and that lots of great songs that I like, which I won't, I won't mention just to offend anyone who might ever think something, but like great songs that I like. And I think the production is good but it's just not gnarly enough. Like it needs to, you need to turn up the crunch a little bit, yeah. you know, like that's what I liked about uh, like Currents, like Tame Palace's latest record bar, the new one that he's teasing right now. Yeah. Like he just stepped everything up a level and it had the right amount of like grit in it to just glue everything together. Cause you get some really nice, like, so Bibio stuff is pretty funky, like mm-hmm. kind of some of it's, it's, it, 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 it skirts a fine line between like funk and then acoustic like general acoustic like almost english folk music in a way like it's it's really interesting um like his, his recent record ribbons was it's like half it's like half and half but it's it's great it's really really great it's uh, so scotland and mm. the industry up here and being part of the music community um what what is it that you kind of enjoy about it, if there is anything? <laughs> if there's anything to enjoy about <laughs> it. No, I quite like it. It's pretty good. Eh? Nah, um, yeah, like I think everyone can be in their own lane up here, really. Um, maybe to the detriment where people don't reach out because they feel like they're maybe overstepping their mark, maybe. I feel like that sometimes, like the intimidation of going up to someone who is in the same sphere as you we don't really know and you really like their music to be like oh hey my name's so and so i really like what you're doing like it can be quite intimidating to do that because we essentially put artists on a pedestal i saw something today that was about how we have intrinsically linked artists and celebrity now and like all artists have to be a celebrity to get things done and i think that is that kind of like overarching thought is definitely a player and how people perceive artistry. They don't perceive them as necessarily being like real people you could go up and have a conversation with or, you know, that they, they might look mean, but it's just like, it's just a resting face, but really they're great, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like loads of friendships of for me have come out of that, of just like, you know, either me reaching out to people, other people reaching out, reaching out to me, whether that be at gigs or you just bump into someone, you end up chanting them. Like you can make great connections up here I think in, in Scotland where I don't know what that would be like in London I don't really have any interest like realistically that is the two markets that I see in in in, in the country like you've got Glasgow which is the Scottish music country yeah. sorry everyone in Edinburgh you're wasting your time in Edinburgh you should move to Glasgow uh, and then you get London and that's it yeah yeah you, do, you know people can talk about Manchester or Leeds or Bristol or all those other things and like they do it but where where everyone goes to get their record done is London like yeah. they go through that in some way whether that's their lawyer management label like it's all in London so you've just got to try and make your own little enclave which is fruitful in Glasgow I would say yeah yeah I yeah, know it's 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 far I guess easier to kind of create a yourself a platform up here and then for people to take notice down there we'd spoken uh, about james blake and yeah. um i can 
like I said, I can certainly see uh, that style channeling through, yeah. um, particularly the production aspects of his music. Um, when did he first come onto your radar? Uh, when the first album came out, I think it was 2011, I think. So I was that was the first year I was in uni. And uh, yeah, that was like, it was it was mad, mad, mad good. Like very... It's, it, there's a lot of space in his music but there's also something which I'd never really like come to terms with before especially in the the genre of like post dubstep which was definitely coined by everyone but people that were actually making what would be called post dubstep like your Mount Kimbys and, and such um, but it was yeah it was, it was a definite uh, change from anything I'd ever heard before that way of blending jazz and like classical like that song that's like that's like a straight up gospel like inspired song from the from the chord progressions um it's the only song i've ever wanted to play on on piano ever you know um and there's a complexity to what it does that uh especially on that album which i will not i would like to endeavor to get towards i think he was like 26 when this album came out maybe maybe even younger um and now I'm approaching that age, I'm, like, I'm just like, fuck, it's going to be so long to like get to that stage. Like being able to play piano like that and sing is, and have that idea of, of composition um, is, yeah, it's inspiring to say, to say the least. But I pretty much bought the sense that he wrote this on, like when they, when it was a Dave Smith Prophet 08 is what he used. And I bought the second generation of that as soon as I could. <laughs> and like I use that all the time and it's, but you yeah. say um, that you wish you were at that stage, but I guess for for someone like myself that listens to your music and um, a lot of other people, I think that um, I think you set yourself apart from a lot of the dross um, in that that comes out, yeah. especially with the saturation of of lad indie rock that we have to kind of put ourselves through on a daily basis. But um, I certainly hear that level of accomplishment in your music, and I'm not blowing smoke up your <laughs> arse here. Um, but, I mean, do you think that's probably because you are obviously immersed in your own projects? And Yeah, yeah, that's it's... It's definitely, it's a labour of love. Like, it does take a lot of time, but I guess the way in which modern technology has really let people like myself make music is that you can record ideas and then go back and edit those ideas, like, very easily. Like, if you record the audio data and the MIDI data, which is just the notes that you've played, then you can go back and put that over any synth ever. So it's like and you can go back and tweak, you can make yourself sound like you can play a lot better than you can. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I like to, I, I guess from that record especially, it made me delve into jazz a lot more than I had done. It gave me a different appreciation. Your final pick is uh, Little Dragon. Yeah. Um, this is a belter. 
Oh man, again, what what a great album! So it's like, what what one do you pick? But it was yeah, this does the the synth line in this that starts out was so so good. Yeah, that 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 got my ear like ear enough immediately. But this album's got a great kind of tone in terms of like the selection of a drum sound because what from what I, I know about them, they're pretty much all four producers, you know, and um. Is it Yumi Yuki? I forget her name because again, like the, the lead singer. Anyway, like she produces as well, sings, and they all do their different thing and produce at the same time. So when you get that in a band, it's not like you're just handing the production task to an outside source or something else. Like they definitely all live together in like Gothenburg in a big house with all of their like families when they put this. Like because I remember looking at the, looking at YouTube videos at the same time this was out. So it's a very kind of collective idea, which is very inspiring, but. The way they play with like reverbs and delays and just out there since that in a, in a while like even the record before which i've again I forget what that's called i could tell you what it looks like by the picture but fuck knows <laughs> but um uh that's what spotify's ruined me in a way it's giving me too <laughs> much music to listen to and I, and I save it all in the playlist and i just don't one ringing and then it comes up and i can fucking do it um but but no yeah it's just like it's got many many good ideas in it like it played with stuff that i hadn't really heard anyone else did i don't nothing really sounds like a little dragon like i'm pretty sure they got a new record coming out soon like on Ninja Tune, I think, or maybe it was... An, they definitely had an EP out, but man, it's great. It's great. And um, so you've got your next EP coming oh, yeah. out um, in November. Yep. Um, and you are playing Poetry Club on the 8th of yeah, December. Yeah, 8th of December. Um, what can people expect from your, your live show? Uh, a lot of me singing and a lot of nice lights. Uh, and you're solo now solo yeah solo solo for the time being uh, I definitely want to b- bring a full band thing but it's de- it's it's trying to deliver uh, uh, like a set that works for what you're trying to do right now you know um, so I thought that especially when you've got so many people doing like so many rappers it's just like a rapper singing on stage and everyone's going mad for it and there's someone maybe playing the decks, maybe not. Maybe it's just that dude on their own or women, whatever. Like, it doesn't really matter, but they get away, they get away with it. They get away, they don't get away with it. They do, they, they perform what they are doing. They are there to rap or yeah. sing or whatever it is. It's like, you're not going to start pulling that away from them because they're not got a guitar or a keyboard strapped to their, their, their body, you know? So I went down that idea of being like, how could I make something which is interesting for people to 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 look at and and be in the room for which probably lends my advantage given that there's some very difficult things to try and articulate like on the record live like it's yeah that's a real headache like if anyone's thinking about like making some electronic styled music and then playing it live good luck to you and if you need any advice (laughs) email me because i'll tell you all things i did that took far too long to do (laughs)
these after the last EPs out I just uh, just not put any music out for a while I'm just gonna push these songs because like, yeah. that's it's a lot of tracks yeah some people don't put this many tracks in at a time but I like writing all the time and uh like someone once said to me do you ever feel like you do you get like uh like a, a dry spell like a creative kind of rut and it's like not really like it's what would make me depressed is that if I just stopped getting enjoyment out of it, like, I'm like, there's so many things you can take, um, influence from like, you know, compositionally or in terms of production. So using that as like a a guide to try and make new things is always pretty, pretty easy for me. So I'm going to keep writing. I'm just not going to put any stuff for a bit and try and try and do some more live shows, get more people into that. Want to do some stuff with some more like, virtuality slash virtual effects try and bring out music in a different way other than just like here's my new spotify release hello yeah because that's that can take a lot out of people yeah especially when it's like slog at times trying to get trying to get traction on streaming sites etc you know because it's in the hands of of the few not the many so yeah yeah (laughs) but uh, but yeah we'll see we'll see well thank you so much for sitting down um I wish you all the best and uh yeah um so the EP's out on the 22nd of November mm-hmm. um and your poetry club show is on the 8th of December yeah which is bound to be a banger so please yes. come I can't wait for it actually <laughs> yeah it'll be good um because I'm going to use that as as my kind of lead into taking time off oh yeah big um, Christmas yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. okay yeah. six weeks of Christmas yeah, that the music, the music industry, industry. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Okay, thanks so much. No worries, a pleasure.